0: warning the following podcast is a shit show and the individuals you are about to meet are idiots their opinions anecdotes and advice contain zero nutritional value this is the critical human condition and all of its strangeness this is life according to an idiot
1: So, Kaylee is sick once again, if you can't tell already.
0: So, my 2019 uh, New Year's resolution of having a sexier podcast voice has already been achieved, because here I am with my sexy, sick voice.
1: I feel like you might have gotten yourself sick on purpose. I might have. Now that you mentioned that, I wasn't thinking about that. That was your goal.
0: The thing is, I'm pretty sure this is my first ever sinus infection.
1: Yeah. I was so excited when she said, I think I have a sinus infection. And we were outside Mm -hmm. and uh, it's cold as hell outside. It's not that cold. It's brisk.
0: It's 35.
1: Oh my God. It's 35 degrees out. It's
0: 35 and sunny though. The sun makes it so hot. I needed to roll down my windows today. (laughs)
1: It's because you're sick. You have a fever. Your body's fighting off an infection and you're sweating.
0: I don't have a fever. I just have a runny nose and I'm slightly congested. So we're
1: both outside walking towards my house and she goes, it is so warm today. It's like spring. (laughs) And I'm like, I disagree wholeheartedly.
0: But you know, in spring, it's usually like 40 degrees. It feels like spring. Like
1: early, early spring. Like it's April. It's not 40 in April. Yes, it's like, it is. It's like 50 in April. Do you want to
0: make a bet right now? No. It is absolutely like 40 degrees in April. But this has been what a really you, weird. What you... No, 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 no. Hold on. Oh,
1: God. She wants to actually win this.
0: Yes. <coughs> 40. De... <coughs> 40. De... <laughs> you sound terrible. I sound terrible, but I feel so fine.
1: That's the bacteria talking.
0: Okay, here we go. Highs fifty seven, lows thirty six. So like
1: the truth lies between us.
0: But but to be fair, this has been a very warm winter.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's like it's it's really really weird. It's barely snowed so far.
0: I know it's fucking great. It is kind of nice. It's so nice. But it, it's
1: kind of I don't know. It worries me. It's like why hasn't it snowed yet? This is Michigan. Climate
0: change, global warming.
1: Isn't global warming a hoax?
0: Um, no, it's not.
1: Oh my god, goodness.
0: Consider yourself schooled. This is what you learn when you listen to our podcast. Yeah, Uh, this is me, (coughs) Kaylee.
1: Came and make it through the intro.
0: (coughs) Here I am. There she is. Ready to play. Ready to play. I feel so fine. The only Uh, thing is, my face hurts.
1: That's a weird and also probably not a good sign. I am Jeremy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will soon be sick. I have a feeling. (laughs) Um, I had this idea the other day. I'm almost positive I've I've talked to you about this before. Mm -hmm. So if I have don't stop me. We. How long have people been pooping in toilets, do you think?
0: Um. Well, I mean, some people still don't poop in toilets.
1: Well, I'm not talking about those guys.
0: <laughs> You're talking about just us?
1: I'm talking about us civilized folk who poop in, in shiny white toilets.
0: Um. Well, I'm going to say...
1: Give me a guess. I'm going to say like 1910, we made a toilet.
0: No, it's definitely earlier than that. Are you talking the about... The
1: toilets that we know like today. Like
0: indoor plumbing. Indoor
1: plumbing, flush, flush.
0: Okay. Um. Yeah, probably somewhere around there, I would think. 1920s. What? Is that earlier?
1: The first modern flushable toilet was described in 1596.
0: Okay, well that's not it being used. Because
1: described could have been like in a book, but it says it's Queen Elizabeth the First.
0: So a lot of people just shat in porcelain thrones, but they still had to throw it out later. Right. That is seems so early for a toilet.
1: So I guess that what it really was. 1596, the first flushable toilet. It was something to do with Queen Elizabeth the First. Yeah. She, she wanted like, hey, I want a toilet I can flush. And they're like, What's, what does flush mean? You know, there was a whole job in the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. I wish I could find the name of it. Uh, essentially, someone that worked in like a, a, a castle with a king for mm-hmm. a royal family. It was their job to wipe the king's ass. And uh, it was a highly, highly esteemed position to work in. Ugh. Back to the thing about the toilet. Then, uh, pardon me if this is crude. Okay. Why haven't we found a better way? And I know that bidets exist. Why haven't we come up with an alternative way to wipe our butts?
0: Honestly, bidets are so great. Bidets are like popular pretty much everywhere else but here. I
1: think Americans are very protective of our asses.
0: Yeah. Like when I went to Thailand, they used bidets. And um, honestly, it just cleans so much better.
1: In my mind, I think in the future, we're going to have some sort of laser that cleans our ass (laughs) so uh, do we have a viewer question
0: yes we got a question asking us what the most haunted cities in the united states of america were and we got some answers for you
1: usa oh that's scary scary ghost usa (laughs) so so scary ghost
0: (laughs) i like that dance too i wish you guys (laughs) could see it
1: it's kind of tough to find like a really solid list of haunted places because obviously hauntings are a very cerebral thing and they can't be measured, but we compiled a handful of places from several lists that we found across the interwebs. So we bullet down to Salem, Massachusetts; Portland, Oregon; New Orleans, Louisiana; and Chicago, Illinois. I just said Illinois is like I'm a <laughs> third grader. Illinois.
0: I still say Illinois sometimes.
1: I just why why the S if it's why not, is it if there? it's not supposed to be there?
0: Okay, so. Uh, well, Salem, Massachusetts are, is yeah. the big one. If you kiddos didn't know, that's where they had the Salem witch trials. Yeah. Where they um. Trialed were witches. very like Puritan Christian beliefs, and so they would burn lots of people if they thought they were witches, and um, they weren't. You never know. I mean, you never really know, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to go know, out on a limb but... and say that they weren't witches, and they well. just like to burn people because they were scared. So there's lots of like hauntings and stuff. and I
1: know there's the there's the ghost of Giles Corey. Mm. I think almost every middle school or high school English class reads The Crucible. Did you?
0: Uh no, I did not It's a
1: Arthur Miller play about the Salem Witch Trials. Mm. It's like dramatized though. Okay. So in the fictional play The Crucible and in real life during the trials, there was a a, a farmer or something named Giles Corey. Giles Corey was an older man that got caught up in the witch trials, so they accused him of being a witch. And one of the methods they would use of torture to test whether or not the person accused was actually a witch or not was, um, I don't know the specific term for it, but what they would do is they would chain you to the ground and they would put a big wooden board over your body, over your chest. And one by one, they would drop heavy stones on top of that board so that over time it would crush you. Right. What really happened in most cases is people would be in so much pain, they would just give up and they would submit and be like, fine, whatever, I'm a witch. But Giles didn't submit. He just like laid there and endured this terrible slow death and every time the sheriff would ask him if he was going to confess giles would say more weight put on more weight which is like the most badass shit i've ever heard in my life this old man being like more weight you pussies Ah. this witch is going to take more weight to die (laughs) he eventually died but before he died he supposedly cursed the town and um a few years later that that sheriff died of a heart attack but you know whatever People die of heart attacks all the time. But fast forward to 1970, like, nine or eight. the sheriff of Salem at the time, uh, Sheriff Hill, had a pretty bad heart attack that he recovered from. And he had heard before that the last two sheriffs of Salem had also had heart attacks and died. So he goes snooping around the local records and he finds that every sheriff since their earliest record had died of either a stroke or a heart attack. I guess it scared them so much that they ended up actually moving the Salem sheriff office just outside of the town. And I believe since then, none of the future sheriffs died of heart attacks or strokes. So that's kind of weird, you know? It's
0: nice for Salem now, though, because they get so many tourists
1: oh yeah it's great all, all the
0: time now and they have like festivals and yeah. stuff now of like hey we burned lots of people here in the past <laughs> that's true come you, on down you get think your about souvenirs it, it is
1: really weird when you think about it that way mm. where it's like hey let's celebrate this thing because ha 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 it happened there really is like some Morbid, darkness to that yeah yeah it really is dark
0: dark tourism um, but another one who well, has a New Orleans. New In general, a whole lot of bad stuff is happening there, right? Yeah, I know there, we, right? we
1: covered a lot of New Orleans culture in our voodoo episode. And uh, yeah, I think New Orleans has every right to be haunted. It, like if any place could be haunted, it would be a place like New Orleans because you've got so much going on throughout history. Like it's seen war, like the Battle of New Orleans- terrible stuff. I mean, there had been slavery in New Orleans since before the Louisiana Purchase. Right. So it just saw generations upon generations of cruelty. So if there was such a thing as ghosts, or whatever you want to call them, New Orleans would definitely have its fair share of them. A big thing about New Orleans is Madame LaLaurie. I think a long time. I think we don't have the episode up anymore because it was one of our first ones. Uh,
0: I remember the the LaLaurie
1: Mansion. Do you remember when I told you about that? For the listeners who didn't hear about it, Madame LaLaurie was one of the most like prolific fucked up people from New Orleans history. She was a wealthy woman and she had a lot of slaves and she owned a big mansion with a lot of land on it. And one day there was a fire at the LaLaurie mansion and and the fire marshal and some police officers went to check it out. And inside they found that there had been a fire in the kitchen. On top of that, they found a slave that was chained to the stove. And the slave basically confessed to starting the fire as a suicide attempt because they were so afraid of being punished by the LaLauries. And they had mentioned also uh, this room upstairs, this like sort of like an attic where certain slaves were taken and they never came back. And so the authorities requested to check out this attic space. And Madame LaLaurie was like, hey, don't don't go up there. You're fine. It's cool. Don't even bother. Mm-hmm. They're like, that's suspicious as hell. And as a police officer or a fire marshal, whatever, chances are when someone tells you not to investigate something suspicious, you should definitely go investigate it. And so they, they did. And, and in the attic, they found this absolute horror show. Like Madame LaLaurie had been experimenting on slaves up in the attic and mm-hmm. she had
0: And like sewing on like other animal body parts, and like uh, there was this
1: one slave that she had uh, broken their bones and then set them in the wrong position so that they resembled a crab.
0: God, that's
1: crazy. So we have um, her. So what's up? What's next on the list?
0: Um, And then we have Portland, Oregon. This is a big one, um, mainly for the complex catacombs known as the Shanghai Tunnels. So the tunnels were used for cargo transport basically. It's so that the cargo doesn't get wet. They travel under the tunnel so that they don't have to deal with the rain and like snow and stuff like that.
1: Also it's just faster, you know? Like you've got these this underground series of tunnels that leads straight from the harbor to, you know, any major building in the area.
0: But what happened in the nighttime is it became a route for human trafficking. Usually the men would be captured and they would be forced as slaves. To like work on ships.
1: Maritime laws were really lacking back in the day. Like, for example, if you signed on to work on a ship. As a sailor, you could not legally abandon your duties until your voyage was scheduled to end, or else you could face jail time and I think maybe execution, but mainly you would just get thrown in jail. Um, And I know, so it's called the Shanghai Tunnels because the term Shanghai is like old time pirate slang that means to kidnap someone and force them to work as a sailor. That term comes from the place Shanghai, the city. I guess the city of Shanghai was, for whatever reason, a common destination of the ships that carried abducted crew members.
0: Ah, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, which is a yeah, really... Yeah, it's
0: kind of bizarre because I guess they use trapdoors a lot and would just keep them in cages to be like corralled up.
1: And that's what would supposedly happen to men in the area. They'd get drugged or however coerced into signing themselves up for naval work. And once they did that, they were stuck. You know, they were essentially slaves at that point.
0: And then for women, surprise, surprised, love to force them into prostitution. So... Restless spirits, basically. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the last one was Chicago, Illinois. Chicago. It's for violent mobs, fatal disasters, and cold cases. People say that when you get shot and uh, backstabbed and mafia gets you, like, bang, bang, your spirit's like, whoa, buddy.
1: I got to haunt this pizza shop for the rest of my life.
0: I guess they had uh, problems with fires too. So like a lot of their um, spooky spots are where buildings burned down and lots mm. of people died. Like those yeah, big lives, spots lives like that. Yeah, cut
1: short, unfinished business.
0: So in that note, our topics for this week was some haunted places in the world. Mm. I decided for more of a foreign spooky place. I think Jeremy opted for more of a local spooky place yes. if you're in the U.S. Would you like to go first or would you like me to?
1: You get to decide. Would you uh, like to get I'll out say, of the
0: way? I'll say you.
1: Okay. So let's talk about Scary Places.
0: Sharing their curiosity to know the unknown, their tension, their readiness for inconceivable adventures. Is it human or inhuman? Earthly or unearthly? Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. What the hell was that? There's a very logical explanation for
1: all this. Quick, tell me. The place is haunted.
0: Unbelievable. Fantastic. But I tell you, it could happen.
1: Okay. So for my location, I decided to go with Pine Barrens, New Jersey. Oh. Which uh, New Jersey in general, I didn't know this. Uh, has a lot of crazy paranormal activity. Really? Too. It's a, yeah, I it's didn't a, know that. So they
0: probably sound all cool too, like if they're haunting good, the you. New Jersey.
1: Jersey it's like, accent. Hey,
0: give me some coffee. That's how New Jersey people no, sound. <laughs> uh, <okay>, yeah. <laughs> Is that New York?
1: I <laughs> I don't even know. I know I've New never, Jersey
0: people say Bubbies for boobs.
1: It's also Yiddish for old lady.
0: You're like, ooh, the Bubbies. Good point. That's how it goes, sounds Talk about your titties. <laughs> True. So, Pine
1: Barrens, New Jersey, called the Pine Barrens, the Pine Lands, or simply the Pines. Ah. It's a densely forested area of coastal plain that covers roughly seven counties in and about southern New Jersey, over one million acres of forest. The name Pine Barrens, the pine stands for obviously pine trees, and the barrens stands for the poor soil. Early settlers uh, learned very quickly that they couldn't farm on the sandy, acidic soil. The colonial era brought about about a big boom in production of charcoal, iron, logging, a lot of logging because of all the wood. But by 1869, the mining industry, which was a huge part of the community there, left Pine Barrens and a lot of the people left with it. So that left behind a lot of ghost towns. Okay. So since the 1700s, the inhabitants of Pine Barrens feared what might be lurking out in those woods. During the Revolutionary War, the Pines were a perfect place for British troops to camp and hide out. You had a lot of good cover. So who else uh, would be the ones hiding out in the pines? That would be fugitives, poachers, moonshiners, runaway slaves, and deserting soldiers.
0: Like I'm imagining like murderers, rapists, and then there's just guys who want to make booze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, hey guys, we're on the same level. Yeah. I'm just here making some strong alcohol. A
1: real stiff drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, so throughout the 18th and 19th centuries, highwaymen, do you know who highwaymen are? Um, No. It's just like a fancy word for, like, these kind of uh, robbers that oh, travel uh, on horseback.
0: Were they the ones that would, like, collect the tolls?
1: Fake tolls? like they Yeah, would, yeah. yeah
0: they would, like, yes. block the road and then yep. they would force people to pay money to that get was, through. That was, like,
1: a tactic they used, yeah. They would rob, like, stagecoaches and travelers. Yeah. But on top of that, even up until today, the Pines have been a popular dumping ground for the New Jersey mob as well as serial killers. Um, I know from, like, the 60s to the 90s, I want to say, they found over 100 bodies.
0: Oh, damn.
1: I think it was in the early 2000s they found, at one point, there. I can't remember what the serial killer's name was, but in the local area they found seven dead prostitutes in the Pine Barrens.
0: Ugh. Well, they could make it into a great tourist destination <laughs> if they not? would just uh, you know, capitalize on all those murders.
1: Yeah. Come here, pay us money so you can get rid of your bodies.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Native Americans, quite fittingly, called the Pine Barrens papwessing, which translates to place of the devil.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And you know what else is here? the jersey devil
0: <laughs>
1: oh i'm gonna talk about the jersey devil later oh. so uh real quick you know how like down south you got the hill people right. backwater country folk right where they, they
0: inbreed so much so they just turn into fucking monsters yeah who so, also are like cannibals so that's <laughs> yeah, definitely i don't know how
1: like how true that is to reality <laughs> but definitely in movies for sure huh. um i think that was the subplot to paddington 2
0: oh yeah, yeah that's <laughs> so, true i have seen that one Kid's favorite. Uh,
1: Paddington. Okay, uh, the locals that live out in the Pine Barrens, uh-huh. they're called pineies. Now, it's uh, formerly a derogatory term, but now it's sort of like what redneck is, where they kind of use it as a badge of honor now. Ah. Huh. So if, you're, if uh, you live out there- Is redneck
0: a badge of honor?
1: <laughs> well, like, yeah. You
0: go, <laughs> I'm a redneck. <laughs> <laughs> is that what they do?
1: Did you ever heard them do that? Yeah. yeah yeah They do that. I swear to God, you look it up. Well, you don't look it up, but you can find it. So- uh, these people are often demonized, you know, like a lot of those of uh, backwater people are. In 1912, psychologist Henry H. Goddard published a book called *The Calacac Family: A Study of the Heredity of Feeble-mindedness*. Mm. So this work primarily discussed the practice of inbreeding that took place in the Pine Barrens and its negative effect on genetics. He focused on this supposedly real-life family, which he gave the pseudonym Calicac. It's all very biased and, and really whitewashed, but he talked about this family having a good lineage and a bad lineage. Now the good Lineage. It oh, all f-
0: that seems very like
1: black and white. Yeah. So it all focuses around the patriarch of the family, Martin Callicack, mm-hmm. and his he he was a Quaker, a good-fashioned man of God, and he had a Quaker wife, and the good lineage was the children he had with that Quaker wife, purebred children. Like and
0: Quaker Quaker wife as in Quaker oats.
1: Exactly. His children were composed out of oatmeal. Oh my he god. He was psychotic. <laughs> yeah. So the bad lineage was supposedly Martin Kalikak had uh, had sex with a feeble minded barmaid.
0: So he fucked a handicapped woman. Exactly. And got her pregnant. And got
1: her pregnant. And the children that he had with her were these sort of equally feeble minded children that had all these disorders Whenever whatever. And the children that he had with his pure wife were all beautiful and, and, mm-hmm. and pure uh, and made of oatmeal. And oh, so, so
0: like the disabled ones are the bad ones. And, exactly. Because
1: okay. it, it it all falls into eugenics. We talked about this before, right? Yeah. That's kind of what this book was all about. And so nowadays, um, Goddard's research and findings that are present in the book have kind of been revealed to be like exaggerated. And even there's photographs in the book of the disabled Kallikak children. And um, researchers found out that a lot of those photos were doctored to make the kids look more sinister. Uh, and you can see it. It's kind yeah. of sick. It's, yeah. But what's weird, okay, what's super weird about this, though? Yeah. Is that there was actually um, a big movement in the Pine Barrens for the Pineys for, like, mass sterilization. Huh. And a law was actually passed but never put into order.
0: What?
1: It was super weird. So I guess Woodrow Wilson was 20-something president. I don't know. Yeah. Um, he was the governor of New Jersey. So when he won the presidency, the state Senate leader or something took over his role as governor of New Jersey. And so that guy was his name was like something fielder. Mm-hmm. And his thing was he took a summer trip through the countryside and he passed through the Pine Barrens and he met the pineies. Mm-hmm. Those that he met were real strange people mm-hmm. and very clearly inbred. And he thought it was so wrong. These people were like uh, married people were getting remarried and remarried, never, Mm. you know, like it was very uh, anti-monogamy
0: and yeah, Yeah. a
1: lot of weird stuff, polygamy. And so he had met a man who didn't even know the year because they live out in the middle of nowhere. Didn't know the year or uh, the the day. And he was like, "This is this is sick." So he runs this campaign on, um, "Let's sterilize." The Pineys.
0: Damn. I mean, if they're not hurting anybody, you know, just leave them be. Oh,
1: right. Well, first of all, you shouldn't sterilize anybody. It goes against a lot of liberties. So uh, he got a lot of backing and everything. And uh, eventually it was knocked down by the uh, state Supreme Court. But even afterwards, years after this, this was like the early 1900s, they still were doing like private research into how to get a law passed to sterilize these people. It's real sick and Damn. weird.
0: So what ended up happening to them? Are they still there? They're
1: still there. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if they're as
0: now they star in uh, Wrong Turns. <laughs> yeah, now they have
1: work um, as extras on The Hills Have Eyes. So let's um, now that we talked about that creepy stuff. Uh, let's talk about hauntings. Ooh. What makes pine barrens so spooky? So pine barrens holds like a lot of bizarre different kinds of folklore and legends. A prime example is the Jersey Devil. Right. But I'll run through a, a couple of, uh, I think, pretty significant legends and, and spooky ghosts okay. that exist in the Pine Barrens. So there's the golden-haired girl. This is just the ghost of of a blonde-haired young woman who is believed to have committed suicide after her lover died at sea. She's seen by witnesses standing quietly on the shoreline wearing a white gown, you know, gazing out at the ocean, probably waiting for yeah, Jimmy to come so back. So dramatic. So dramatic. She's probably like 16. Yeah, she's She's like. I'll never get over it. Found love
0: once. (laughs) Eat my ass.
1: (laughs) She's saying that to the sailor. (laughs) Um, And sometimes in the stories, she is accompanied by the Jersey Devil, who will just be sitting next to her, quietly watching the, the shoreline, which I think is like really. Kind of interesting. That's the Jersey strange. Devil is like such a staple of the local legend. And I didn't include it in, in some of these, but in some of the ones I'm about to talk about, there are alternate takes of the story where the Jersey Devil is also involved. What? Like, okay, so like frequent, what is the
0: Jersey Devil? Isn't it like I'm a dog to, thing?
1: There's a bunch of different descriptions of it, but the, the most consistent one is it's like a, a mule horse looking thing that's bipedal. So it walks out its hind legs and it has cloven hooves like the devil, oh. like a, like a, like a, a goat um, and big leathery wings. So um, on top of the golden haired girl, not literally, (laughs) is the ghost of Dr. Still. Around 1860, an African-American doctor named James Still was banned from studying medicine after the local pineys found him reading medical textbooks. They didn't like a black man studying medicine, so they forbid him from doing so. So what he did was he runs out into the into the pine. Some people say that he actually befriended local Native American tribes who taught him, like, their own little Uh, health rituals. Yeah, ceremonies. Like holistic remedies and cures. Right, yeah. But eventually the Pineys found James Still and lynched him for his continued practice of medicine. And now the ghost of James Still is said to help travelers who get lost or injured out in the Barrens. It's kind of cute, yeah. Yeah. So next is the Black Dog. Uh, this is the legend of a phantom black dog that roams the beaches and forests of Pine Barrens. He's larger than an average dog and has glowing red eyes. I'm just assuming his gender. He could be, it could be her. Right, I yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's this place just off the coast of, of Pine Barrens called Abascon Island. There's so much naval stuff that goes on in New Jersey I had no idea about. So uh, these pirates that were stationed on that island had uh, robbed a, a passing ship. And they robbed and killed everyone on board, including uh, a cabin boy and his black dog. Mm-hmm. And some people think that's the dog. Uh, you know, roaming the earth, looking for his owner.
0: My dog.
1: So what's kind of cool, and I think might eventually constitute a segment in like a future episode, is um, black dogs are a huge part of superstition, especially yeah. like English and Germanic superstition and folklore. So um, just touching that really quick, there's actually uh, a relevance to it, to black dogs. There's these things called church grims. Okay. Um, And It's an old term. It's uh, the spirit that protects Christian churchyards. And churchyards, for you guys who don't know, it's just the cemetery that's attached to the church. Church grims are the spirits that protect those. And it's believed that the soul of the first man buried in a church cemetery, his soul is forced to then stand vigil and protect the cemetery. Hmm. He's like the, the, the overseer of the cemetery then from evil forces or whatever they believe in. Right. Um, so to keep a man from such a burden, it was customary to bury a black dog in a new churchyard to protect the grounds. Aww. But not always on uh, because uh, under the cornerstone of churches and a cornerstone is just like the first brick placed when you're building a, a thing. Mm-hmm. So under the cornerstone of churches, they would perform a live burial of a dog. They would bury a dog alive.
0: Uh, yeah, okay. not so, Not as
1: cute. Don't like that. Yeah, not a huge fan of that either. (laughs) Um, uh, So let's move on to The Dancing Ghost of Joe Mulliner. I really like this one. This one's kind of kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Um, so Joe Moner was uh, seen as like a, a Robin Hood figure of the Pines. He would rob the rich stagecoaches. He wouldn't let him or, or his gang rob uh, poor people. Mm-hmm. There's actually a case where uh, his gang went out without him and robbed this woman in her house and then tied her to a tree and burned her house down. Mm-hmm. And he was so upset that they did this that weeks later when the woman was building like a new homestead, he left out a satchel of gold
0: mm-hmm. outside of
1: her door as an apology.
0: Aw, what a sweet guy.
1: Yeah, and so he was what is what is called a Tory or a loyalist. That was someone who was born in the American colonies who stayed loyal to the crown. Okay. And they wore these green uniforms, And so he's characterized by always wearing this green loyalist uniform. Mm. And um, he was known as a ladies man, a party crasher, and he loved to dance. Mm -hmm. And so a really cool anecdote that I I read about him was there was a wedding ceremony going on. He wanted to crash the party and then rob it. Mm -hmm. And so he goes there and he almost trips over this, this woman in the grass outside of where the party's taking place. It's this crying woman. And he finds out this is the bride whose wedding reception is being held in the tavern. Mm -hmm. And she says that she's being forced to marry the man that she's marrying. Mm -hmm. And he finds out that the man is actually a guy that uh, they don't like each other at all.
0: So Joe didn't like the husband. Yep. And he felt bad for the woman, so he's basically like, I'm going to fuck this guy up. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Okay.
1: So he, he goes into the tavern, fires off his pistol, and everyone freaks out, threatens the groom. The groom's so scared, he runs off. He has the fiddler play a song. He brings in the, the bride, and he dances with her until she stops crying and then rides off into the night. uh-huh Yeah, I thought that was a really cool little story. So, But he ends up getting captured by state militia because he was robbing all these rich people. Right. And they hanged him in 1781. And to this day, I guess there are still little local sightings of... Um, the ghost of Joe Mulliner crashing weddings and different parties. People will see a man in this really peculiar green uniform dancing or trying to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Like it's made in newspapers. Huh. Like someone else saw the ghost of, of Joe Mulliner. So I thought that was really cool. And also, Yeah,
0: I like that. So, I like good ghosts.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a refreshing take. I'll close this off with the Jersey Devil, which I think is certainly the biggest cryptid on the East Coast, and a cryptid is a um, mythological creature, essentially. Right, yeah, yeah. That like is believed to, Yeah, yeah, that is believed to possibly be true, but it's
0: Chupacabra. It's, that one's my favorite.
1: So the Jersey Devil, uh, it's origin story. There's an area in Pine Barrens called Leeds Point, because there's a, uh, a pretty prolific family of people called the Leeds, and in this, there's a woman known as Mother Leeds. When she found out that she was pregnant with her 13th child, She'd already had 12 kids. Jesus Christ.
0: Oh, Jesus. Out
1: of frustration, she curses the child.
0: Uh... And, you
1: know, that's back in the day. Curses meant something. Yeah. Back in the day, the devil was listening more. Right. Yeah. And so when the child was born, it was at first a normal, healthy baby. But then it began to transform into a grotesque animal with cloven hooves and leathery wings. It killed the midwife before flying up through the chimney, uh, vanishing out into the pines, never to be seen again. And there's also an alternative story to this because, again, this is so long ago. Some people believe that mother leads practice witchcraft Mm. because that was during a time when there was a big boom in witchcraft and hysteria. Some people claim that she was a witch, whether she was, I'm not sure, and that the child was the child of the devil. So five years later, after the birth of the monster, locals began reporting inhuman screams from out in the woods, as well as mutilated livestock, and also a lot of children started to go missing. Hmm. In 1740, the locals got a priest to try to exorcise the pines and the demon that lived inside of them. Yeah, And the priest uh, supposedly succeeded in exorcism, which I don't know how you actually How do you know? Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. yeah. God calls him and is like, it worked. It's gone. Yeah, you you're got the welcome. Job. So the priest was like, I did it. You're all good. The beast shouldn't harm a soul for another 100 years. And then the violence stopped. Huh. But the sighting still continued. They would still see him.
0: Uh, it's probably sucked for him because he's just like staring at them. Oh, he's all blue balls. <laughs> he's like, I really
1: want to eat you. <laughs> so some significant sightings of the devil. A naval hero, Commodore Stephen Decatur, was assisting in testing cannonballs forged in a place called Hanover Ironworks, which, again, this is back when they were still mining in, in, okay. in uh, Pine Barrens. And he saw the Jersey Devil flying overhead. And so he readies one of the cannonballs and he fires it. And him and I guess several others watch it go through the wing of the Jersey Devil. And it didn't phase it at all and it kept on flying. Also, uh, Joseph Bonaparte, the brother of Napoleon Bonaparte, Saw the Jersey Devil. Huh? Yeah. He used to rent a cottage in the Pine Barrens. From 1816 to 1839, he would, uh, you know, go there, like a summer holiday. Mm-hmm. And he would go hunt there. He saw the Jersey Devil while he was hunting one time. Then the sightings increase even more in 1840, which was 100 years after the priest exercised the forest. Uh. As if timed perfectly, the violence started again. Huh. Cattle mutilations. They heard the screams again at night. And they started finding these big hoof prints in the mm-hmm. forest. And um, this was a weird thing that I was able to find on Wikipedia. I guess a man visiting the area from New York noted in like a personal journal entry that the locals in the Pine Barrens were all really paranoid about leaving their houses at night. Hmm. And so now this is what I think is actually kind of like spooky. Mm-hmm. There's a week in January 1909 when hundreds of sightings were reported across southern New Jersey just within a week. Um, it was seen by groups of people, which is rare. There was a trolley full of passengers in a place called Haddon Heights that just saw it. There's also a social club in Camden, New Jersey, which I guess apparently the monster attacked. Huh. Like It broke in. What? And caused some damage. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't trust social clubs because they're probably all drunk.
0: Right. You know That's what I, mean? what I was going to say. Like, so,
1: but there mm. here's some reputable witnesses. There's a Trenton councilman who saw it. Uh, scores of on-duty policemen reported seeing it. Mm-hmm. A group of firemen actually saw it and they shot their water hose at it oh. and chased it off. What? As well as a respected postmaster. Uh, he saw it. He wasn't chased off by the water hose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so near the end of the week, there was actually school closures. The factory shut down and the public was like urged to stay inside. The area was on high alert.
0: That'd be like the best like school excuse ever. That would if
1: you're like, oh my God, there's a monster.
0: Ah, a monster terrorizing the town. You this have so to stay cool. home. Oh,
1: fuck, like what if Bigfoot showed yeah. up?
0: What if Bigfoot was like patrolling your town and nobody could leave? <laughs> yeah, we're like, never.
1: This isn't in the books. We don't know how to deal with this.
0: Someone just goes outside and they're like, yeah.
1: <laughs> Go on, get with the hose. Go. out. I turned the hose on him and he liked it. (laughs) So, hunting parties uh, comprised of local game hunters and militia members ventured out into the pines to find the devil and no one could find it. From January 16th to January 23rd, 1909, that was the highest amount of witnesses that that saw it. So, spooky stuff in New Jersey. Who would have thought? Now, where are we going for your story?
0: So, for mine, I want you to close your eyes. They're closed? And I want you to picture a small Italian island Mm -hmm. located in the South Lagoon between Venice and Ludo. Lodo.
1: Lodo, Lodo.
0: Ludo, Ludo, Lodo, however you say it. But it's called Poveglia. Poveglia. Yeah. And um, Poveglia has a very long and very dark history. And you're going to think to yourself at multiple points, Whoa, this is bad. How can it get any worse? (laughs) And it does. It manages. Oh, boy. Every time. Oh, boy. So our story begins in 421.
1: Oh, my God. Yes.
0: (laughs) That was, like, near the start of everything. (laughs) Yes. Um... It was occupied just by a group of people that were fleeing war and conflict in general and they just wanted more of like a peaceful place to settle. And since it was an island, it was easily defendable. So they decided to settle there. Lived up until about the 14th century when uh, the population just slowly dwindled and uh, eventually everyone just kind of like died off or left. Um, So the island was abandoned. But come in 1348... The bubonic plague came to Venice. Uh, if you don't know a lot about the bubonic plague, it's also called the Black Death because it killed about one out of three Europeans.
1: That's yeah. yeah that, that's wild.
0: It, it killed. They estimated sixty percent of the population in Europe. It was 60%. like a. Sixty cr- percent. It's like a crazy amount. It killed about fifty million people. Which, if you think about, Ooh. in like the 1300s, think about one in three people. God damn. It was a very contagious disease characterized by big. Blisters. It was spread mainly through fleas because there were so many rats in like London and um, European cities at the right, time. Yeah. People and originally got them from fleas from the rats, and then they spread it to each other. The disease progressed so quickly that the people would be dead within ten days. And that's a uh, good
1: turnover rate right, when you think yeah. about it.
0: During that time, they got so desperate to try and contain it that they would just board up and nail their doors so they couldn't leave and infect other God. people everybody was fucking dying. That'd be so
1: scary. Can you imagine that? Yeah. It's like, oh, we're... It's it's insane. You would so catch it, Kaylee. Oh, yeah. You've been sick three times since the winter started.
0: I'm not sick right now. I just... (laughs) Oh, my God. I just have a really runny nose. Yeah, Um, okay.
1: You would totally infect everybody else. Guys, I don't have it. I don't have the bubonic plague. Don't worry.
0: (laughs) Fine. But the disease was feared so deeply that in Venice, they decided, all right, if you look like you're sick, we're just going to exile you to this island. So they would send all the people that were sick, they thought might be sick. Anybody that like looked funny, they would exile yeah. to Vivalia to basically die.
1: Almost like a leper colony. Right. But it was a plague colony. Can you imagine if you weren't sick, but they thought you were sick?
0: Right, and you just like ended up getting sick anyway, and you died. Jeez. At the island center, they would basically corral all the dead bodies and the people who were just too sick to protest, and they would burn them.
1: Uh, When they're dead?
0: When they're dead or they were just too weak to protest. Yeah. So they could just be like, all right, well, we'll toss you in anyway. We don't want to wait till tomorrow. (laughs) Tens of thousands of people were like burned on this island.
1: Yeah. It's the worst vacation ever.
0: And you're thinking, wow, that sounds awful. But wait, it happened again in 1630 when the Black Plague came back for a second time. Oh,
1: shit. I didn't know it came back for a second time. Yeah,
0: And they did the same exact thing.
1: They're like, hey, that worked out great. Let's do it again. Yeah, we're
0: going to send everybody over there. So, fast forward, um, the island is basically, <laughs> is basically not really touched again because they're like, yeah, we yeah. killed a lot of people there. I don't really want to think about it. Um, no one wants to
1: build a house there. You don't um, want a condo there.
0: So, then comes the late 1800s. They decide the island is going to become a center f- for an asylum. So they, oh they build a mental hospital, and they basically just send all of their mentally ill people to this island in this very large asylum. Yeah. It was infamously poorly maintained.
1: Well, I got a feeling.
0: Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, they said it was more for exile than for rehab. Even if you weren't really mentally ill and you were causing too much of a ruckus, they would just... All right, you're going to go over to Pavilion. So there's a lot of stories around this time of like the asylum. One of the most famous is of a doctor that worked in the asylum during the 1930s where he was performing experiments on all of his patients. And there was a bell tower that he would drag the patients to and he would perform these experiments on them. It's said that the doctor ended up becoming insane from, like, the spirits of all the patients he's killed and the malicious energies, or he right. just slowly went insane himself, uh, but he threw himself from the bell tower.
1: Okay, I was waiting for someone to fall off the bell tower.
0: Right, he threw himself from the bell tower, or it's said that the spirits pushed him mm-hmm. from the bell tower. Or and a crazy person pushed right, him, honestly. Here, here, you know. Yeah, here's the thing. It's said that um, he was thrown from the bell tower, and... He wasn't dead yet, so a spirit possessed him and then strangled him to death.
1: So he strangled himself to death. He
0: strangled himself to death, but God, he possessed him to strangle him. Can you imagine, what he, can you
1: imagine what he looked like if he didn't die from the fall?
0: God, yeah. He that had to be a
1: relatively tall, up. probably just a torso with arms.
0: You know, like it has to be horribly maintained if a doctor can just do all this shit right, and nobody cares. Right, there's no HR department right, at all. like the nurses or the aides or whatever were horribly mistreating all the patients. By the mid-20th century, the asylum was converted to a geriatric center. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Which, um, surprisingly, didn't last... A horribly long time, uh, eventually closed in 1975.
1: Okay, so that's still like...
0: I mean, it's like a while.
1: Geriatric homes in general, that's a lot of deaths. Because you got to think, old people, when they get there, they only lasted like 10 years. Right. At the most. Yeah. That's like, that's a lot of dead old people on top of the dead crazy people on top of the dead plague people on top <laughs> of the first dead plague people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like a whole lot of dead. Yeah, a um, whole lot of dead. So sure. the, the island now is abandoned and it's actually illegal to get too close or to go onto the (laughs) island. Um, Locals and tourists are prohibited, and the fishermen just stay the fuck away from it. There's actually, like, bones that still wash up on the shore. There are over 100,000 people that ended up dying on that island, and the bones just, like, continuously wash up, and the fishermen are like, I'm good. More recently, they actually wanted to start construction on the island. to a bunch to, of like, idiots. Uh, to renovate it. Uh, oh, this is like
1: a horror movie? <laughs> I, know. I got a great idea. The uh, Plague Island. Yeah,
0: they wanted to like renovate the former hospital. A bunch of idiots. But the uh, construction stopped abruptly over a night without any explanation. But like the construction workers just like refused to ever step foot on the island yeah. again. It's said that over 50% of the soil on the island is just human ash.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> can we sink this island is there a way to get rid of it <laughs> I
0: know it is illegal to enter like i said but the people who do report a feeling of being watched everywhere they go being scratched and uh, they're frequently pushed into walls or chased down corridors so there have been um many buyers that have wanted the island after it was abandoned multiple times why <laughs> the government was basically like Fuck that place. (laughs) Yeah. It's so haunted. It's
1: illegal to go there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So people were like, I think this would make a great vacation home. It's been abandoned for a while now, but um, they're still looking for a buyer. So if you're interested in an island. But there is a story of a family. um, I don't know what time period this is, but they purchased the island to make it into like a vacation home, like vacation spot. Um, But the first night that they stayed there... Was so horrifying and just traumatic that they left within a few hours, and the daughter's face was ripped off by a spirit. Fuck. I'm assuming they mean like scratches, like it was. Okay, like,
1: okay. I was gonna say, isn't that against the rules? Guys, I, d- I don't
0: think they like peeled off their like face. Like what a
1: chimpanzee can do to a face.
0: Yeah, I think they're being dramatic. I think it was just like the daughter's face was she scratched was physically. Very she was physically harmed, quite brutally, right by the spirits.
1: God damn.
0: Yeah. So. That is Ugh. the history.
1: <laughs> What's it called again?
0: Povaglia. How I, I knew about this island is I used to love watching the show Ghost Adventures. Oh, hell yeah. And he uh, went to this island. It was like his most intense episode he like ever did. Yeah. And he was there for just a few hours and a ghost like threw a brick at his head or something. And then he just like left. Like, he just took the entire so crew and, and left. Yeah, he's like, I feel like this is too dangerous, and I feel, like, so much negative energy here that I I don't feel safe staying. Zach Baggins is
1: so... I- For you, those of you who don't watch Ghost Adventures, essentially it is a, a <laughs> docu-series, I guess, that you follow uh, a ghost hunter known as Zach Baggins, who is the human equivalent of Axe Body Spray. Yes. And um, he's the most dramatic man <laughs> you'll ever see yeah. on TV. But they—it's well, the it's a like, great show. I love his it.
0: his thing is that he tries to provoke the spirits. Yeah, uh, like as much as he can.
1: You know what? The fact that because Zach Baggins is such like a ham bone and such like a showman, the fact that he did leave fairly quickly shows that he was probably out of his element.
0: Because he's like so over the top. Like he wants to get all the footage he possibly can. Like. The fact that he was there and then just left is like... Yeah.
1: Yeah. You guys should definitely check out Ghost Adventures. It's the greatest worst show you'll ever watch.
0: (laughs) And, um, what is it called? It's like Mountain Monsters. Yeah, Mountain Monsters. That's what it is. Mountain
1: Monsters. And,
0: uh, it's so bad. It's great. Um i watched this one episode it was like the hell pig or something
1: the hell pig they have
0: one guy that's designated as researcher you know and it starts off as like this just really big pig and then it's like the pig can stand on its hind legs Oh man! and then it's the pig on its hind legs and then it has claws for hands Mm. and then the pig also has wings Mm. and then the pig is also like the size of a gorilla and it has like fangs so it's
1: not even a pig anymore
0: it's a hell pig. It's a it. hell pig. And it's just them like running around the woods in the dark with like crossbows. <laughs> yeah.
1: I love those. Those are, those are like the greatest trash shows.
0: Yeah. That's my good vibrations for the week. Nice. Bad paranormal TV shows that are so entertaining. My other good vibration is Chick-fil-A. I love a good chicken sandwich. Oh, boy. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You
1: can taste the Jesus.
0: With Chick-fil-A sauce. Damn, that hit the yeah. spot today.
1: Oh, my God. Chick-fil-A sauce.
0: It's out of this world. Oh, yes.
1: Yes. I wish there was more Chick-fil-A.
0: I almost asked you if you wanted some, and then I was going to bring it to you. But then I was like, "Eh, I don't want to do that. I just want to get for me. And then I want to eat it myself. (laughs) I
1: appreciate the honesty.
0: (laughs) I almost bought two sandwiches just for myself. I wish I would have. (laughs) One was not enough. And it makes me so guilty eating there because they're very anti-LGBTQ. Like they fund conversion therapy and stuff it's, it's like, so conflicting
1: getting food from them because i'm uh, so well aware of this and i'm like you know what but god damn that god, chicken. D- god oh. damn
0: that chicken nobody can do chicken like chick-fil-a
1: terrible values incredible chicken
0: oh my mouth is watering that was such a good sandwich
1: you ever have like the best meal of your life at a totally unexpected moment
0: that was that sandwich for me today like yeah. i don't think i'll ever enjoy a sandwich ever god like as much as i enjoyed that sandwich in that yeah. moment
1: god i need i need food now
0: I know. It's our good vibrations.
1: Being gluttonous. Yeah. You'll never regret being gluttonous.
0: Jeremy, what did we, we talk about this week? Toilets.
1: We, talked uh, we about, did talk about toilets. Um, the
0: British monarchy. Um, what else was there? They- well, we talked
1: about haunted cities. Uh, haunted and then we, cities, right. We talked about a few
0: questions.
1: Pine Barrens, New Jersey. Yeah, the Jersey Popeye Devil. Europe? A bunch of ghosts. Yeah. And then, of course, the, the worst place on earth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking Polioglia, uh, whatever it's called.
0: Polioglia. <laughs> cool Um, well if you guys would also like to send in a viewer question or if you have any thoughts concerns suggestions stuff you want us to hear uh, you can email us at according to an idiot at gmail.com we also have a twitter at idiots accord and our instagram according to an idiot you can now listen to us on pretty much anywhere you want to we're on spotify google play itunes all the shit
1: if you're feeling like it uh, leave us a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it.
0: We're also on Facebook now, so that's right. We have a Facebook. If page you'd like, you can like us on Facebook and share with all your family and yeah. friends, and let them know you listen to cool niche hipster podcast.
1: Yeah, wouldn't that be awesome? You can come, just join us. You could become Facebook friends with us. You, can you could. Can you imagine that? I, guys? I
0: would friend you. All right, Jeremy, you want to go get Chick Fil A? Hell
1: yeah, I want some Jesus bird. All right. I don't care what their moral. <laughs> I don't care what their moral position is. That's, I'm <laughs> fine. I just need that's chicken. Too
0: good. All right. I love you guys. Bye.
1: Good night.